You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is uh, our number two of The Rob Carson Show. Tom Huddy, the uh, senior correspondent in Israel for Newsmax, joins us at the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, what's going on in Israel as the world reacts to uh, Israel's 9 11. 10 is 9 11. And yet the left had a uh, protest locked and loaded and ready to go the day of the murderous attacks by Hamas. They had protests locked and loaded. They were ready to go. Kind of like, I don't know, when George Floyd died. Yeah, the exact same thing. Had protests locked and loaded, even though it was completely fabricated on a lie. Locked and loaded. And you know what? The American uh, media played right along with it. Mostly peaceful protests. Buildings are burning down and all that. Yeah, that's what's going on. This is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about uh, all of the uh, protests around the country that just suddenly appeared the day a hospital bombing didn't happen. Talib and these, these groups, highly funded groups, are extremely anti-Israel. They hate Israel. They're pro-Hamas. They're pro-terrorism, uh, which also means they hate America. And I'm looking forward to introducing yeah, pretty much. a censure resolution on Rashida Tlaib. But I think further action is warranted here. I've asked the Capitol Police to preserve all records. I've already talked yeah. with House admin. There needs to be an investigation launched. There should be an ethics investigation launched. And we need to understand, we need to really understand what Rashida Tlaib... Now, the other day, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was accosted by a man on a balcony in the Capitol. And uh, uh, Azra Damani, my friend who uh, helped to uncover uh, CRT being taught in schools in Northern Virginia and transgender nonsense, including the rape of a, of a, a young woman in a bathroom by a transgendered individual in uh, Fairfax County, uh, she has discovered that the person who uh, went after uh, went after MTG was actually uh, a, uh, uh, a protester who's been doing this for a long time, a radical Islamist who, uh, who is a part of this movement nationally, this uh, d- d- disinvest in Israel movement. Uh, and so this is not a, uh, not a surprise. It was, as I said the other day, it was very clear to me that this didn't just come out of nowhere. It is not easy to uh, organize protests because if, if I could just easily... Uh, organize a protest, I would get 10 million people to go to Washington, D.C., fill the mall and protest the awful government that we have right now, the absolutely corrupt government that we have right now. I'd do a 10 million person march to Washington, D.C., and and, uh, and I would do it on the National Mall, and I would pray for a peaceful Berlin Wall moment to the uh, deep state. But none of that's going to happen because uh, uh, America right now, this administration, only allows anti-Americans into the uh, Capitol, and the only time they allow patriotic Americans in is when they lure them in in traffic them and then charge them with crimes that don't exist but they give a free pass to the left then there's this uh, customs and border protection issues a warning for hamas hezbollah and jihad forces trying to end the southern border or enter the southern border shut the front door are you serious do you think that opening our border for the last three years and letting people come in wholesale without screening them at all could possibly have some national security implications well, of course it does. And the first time that a bunch of Americans are slaughtered by a, a radical Islamist from overseas, uh, 
uh, I'm going to hold, and I hope you do, this administration wholly responsible for it. Because I hate to tell you, it's probably going to happen. Because we're in a whole lot worse shape now than we were before 9-11. We are. We are in a whole lot worse shape than we were before 9-11. You don't believe me? Listen to these protests. Now, these, are, these are protesters uh, shouting Allah u Akbar, which means God is great. Right before uh, uh, radical Islam burns, uh, burns and murders a lot of people. That's what they shout. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's, uh, we're in a lot of worse shape. We are in a lot worse shape than we used to. And then you, you heard about this, this big, uh, this big uh, organization, this uh, uh, all-out Monday. They, uh, they uh, took to the streets to defend uh, the historic Palestinian resistance, uh, rewriting history before our eyes. Uplift our people in Gaza. Honor the martyrs of Palestine. Um, this is a celebration of the slaughter of innocents like we haven't seen in our lifetimes. And, by the way, the rally was advertised on uh, X and Instagram the same day Hamas invaded Israel and slaughtered 1,400 people. Yeah. And one of the people who organized it is Nerdine Kiswani. She uh, is a professor uh, or professorial type at NYU. Or uh, Anyway, she gave a speech earlier this year where she espoused uh, anti-Semitic um, uh, words and, uh, and people kind of blew it off. No big deal. Well, uh, guess what? She is one of the leaders of this movement. My name is Nadine Kiswani. I'm from within our lifetime. The Jewish National Fund or the Jewish Communal Fund, they do not represent the Jewish people. They are Zionist organizations. Ooh, yay. They are Zionist organizations hiding behind Judaism. So every single organization on that list. Okay, I can't listen to your shrill voice anymore. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. But here's uh, this is Joe Biden. Uh, th- does it surprise you that she talks like this when she blamed you and me, and and she and, and he blamed. Uh, Americans and and immediately thought the worst of them after October the 7th about their daily lives and I know many of you in the Muslim American community the Arab American community the Palestinian American community and so many others are outraged and hearty saying to yourselves here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. There you go. It's the same thing. The president did the same thing that that, uh, that Karim Jean-Pierre did. He he turned it from uh, murder of Jews into victimization. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Islamists are being, uh, are being uh, victimized. It really is. It's sick. <clears throat> it's really sick, and I just don't have time for it, honestly. I, we, we don't have time for it because nothing is gonna, as good is, good is going to happen uh, because of it. Pro-Palestinian protest leader shared a post hailing heroic resistance of martyrs on the day of Hamas attacks, a year after she made an anti-Israel speech at uh, CUNY. The organizer of the pro-Palestine protest attended by thousands of New Yorkers appears to have been endorsed and have endorsed Hamas terror attacks as heroic while calling for a mass mobilization to honor our martyrs. That's a war. That's the kind of speech that gets you put in jail. 
Nardine Kwazani or Kizwani from Brooklyn is the chair and co-founder of Within Our Lifetime, an extremist pro-Palestinian group that was behind an alleged pro-Hamas rally. What's the Within Our Lifetime about? Oh, they want to wipe Israel out in our lifetime. Yeah. Full liberation of all Palestine with some repeating a refrain never or from the river to the sea that has been used by Hamas terrorists. This is in America. This is in America. Joe Biden saying that uh, Islamic uh, uh, followers of Islam are the ones who are terrified. No. Jews and Israelis around the country are terrified right now because they're seeing history repeat itself and we're seeing idiots like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who's so blithely ignorant of history, she is down with repeating it again. Here is uh, AOC, and I want you to just stop everything you're doing right now, unless you're, you know, driving, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, operating an excavator and you have the, the claw hooked on a gas pipeline. Probably not want to stop there, just kind of keep what you're doing, doing that. But I want you to listen to the stupidity of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The government of Israel for many years have been detaining innocent Palestinians without charges, no. the hostages that um, Israel is holding, no. that is also something that should be discussed. No, no, no. The uh, people in Gaza could live in absolute peace if they would commit to peace. They would uh, commit to Israel's existence. Uh, they would commit to uh, creating Eden in the desert like Israel did, but they don't. That has come up over years. Listen. Um, and, uh, and that is absolutely... You know, the, the numbers and the estimates, I believe, are in the thousands. But war crimes do not justify war crimes. Now, this is a typical uh, uh, leftist uh, ideology. It is uh, what I've said for literally probably for almost three decades. Uh, they put it on a bumper sticker. So she put it on a bumper sticker. She came up with this. Uh, war crimes don't justify war crimes. Now, uh, what Israel is doing is not a war crime. Uh, what Israel is doing is war. Okay, uh, the the act that started the war was a war crime, the slaughter of innocent people. The reaction to it is not a war crime. The reaction to it is war. And in war, people die. And in war, when people take people as human shields and uh, when the enemy, Hamas, keeps uh, Palestinians from escaping so that they will be bombed or they put their uh, strongholds in uh, hospitals and daycare centers, then uh, the response from Israel, if it involves civilian casualties, is war, not a war crime. But war crimes do not justify war crimes. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, these aren't war crimes. This is a, uh, an in-kind... No, it shouldn't be an in-kind act. It should be a you-have-to-be-destroyed act and wiped off the face of the earth. That's the way it is. You have to be removed from the planet. That's it. You had your chance. You had your chance after 9-11. You've had 22 years to get your bleep together, and you haven't done it. And instead, you reinvested in Hamas, and then ultimately you ended up killing 1,500 people. You've got 200 hostages. You killed 30 Americans and slaughter them, which is not being addressed right now. And another dozen or so are still being held hostage. They have to be laid waste to. Uh, Hamas has to disappear. That's just the way it is. So, um, you know what? It's not a war crime justifying a war crime. The war crime started it all. That's what it was. That's what it was all about. And we need to uh, respond. Not in kind. No, 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 no. Not in kind at all. You just have to bomb the snot out of them. There you go.
Yesterday, you may recall that a uh, uh, journalist, uh, Daniel Cohen of Newsmax, uh, uh, asked um, Lindsey Graham about... Uh, about the fact that uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib was still promoting Hamas. They still hadn't acknowledged that the hospital bombing story was a lie. And uh, and Lindsey Graham went off on him and apologized. Ed Henry was on last night with Rob Schmidt, and he responded to that. First, we'll hear the, uh, the, uh, the exchange between Liz, Lindsey Graham and Daniel Cohen. It starts at home. And, and I'd like to ask any Democrat senator here that would like to speak to Rashida Tlaib. Now, just listen to the question. There's nothing hostile about the question whatsoever. She still has a tweet up condemning Israel for a hospital attack. We are here together not to talk about the problems at home, which are many. It's a fair I've question, I've got my Senator. own view of what to say. You're Look, not say, going to screw this up. I'm not trying to screw it Get up. Get this guy out of here. What, 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 I live here. What, I'm what, an what, Israeli. Why? I want an answer to the question. <laughs> I'm an American. Wow. And I am too. And I believe yeah. in free speech. I don't believe what the squad has to say Thank at you. all. But I came here with Democrats and Republicans to let everybody in the world know don't judge every Democrat by the squad and don't judge every Republican by some of the things you hear. I'm sorry, my friend. I probably shouldn't have said it, but my nerves are raw right now. Kind of a wild moment there, Ed. Uh, is nuts. He was talking about the First Amendment and then he's trying to shut down our colleague. It's outrageous. Yeah, this is yeah. why a lot of conservatives think that Lindsey Graham is a rhino. Oh, you think? <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think, I think. So uh, coming up, I've got some uh, new stuff on Joe Biden and his crime family, and uh, this is getting really big and really ugly, and I, uh, I still stand by my assertion Joe Biden will not be the candidate for the Democrat Party because he's not going to be the president much longer. Uh, 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's The Rob Carson Show. So Byron Donalds took his uh, hat out of the ring with regard to becoming the Speaker of the House. I like Byron Donalds. Uh, we will see what happens there. I guess uh, Republican Tom Hemmer is now uh, the guy they're going to push. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, to be quite honest. I know the Conservative Review does a, a Liberty Score. It's called a Liberty Store Score, and we all like to have everything uh, kind of uh, uh, distilled down to a, a number, right? Uh, liberty Scores for each House Republican running for Speaker of the House. Well, Byron Donalds was 100%. <laughs> that's, that's the negative. He was at 100%. So there's... Okay, well, so much for that. <clears throat> Who else is in here? Well, let's see. Tom Hammer is at seven, uh, 60, 69%, almost 70% Liberty score. Uh, let's see. Uh, Byron Donalds, 100. Tom Hammer, 69. Uh, uh, Kevin Hearn, 82. Mike Johnson, 74. I like Johnson. I think he's pretty cool. Uh, Rep. Dan Muser, 68. Gary Palmer, 80%. Rep. Austin Scott, 65. Pete Sessions, 63. Sounds like Temmer is kind of... Uh, sounds like Emmer is... Right in the middle. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to investigate it. I apologize. Don't live in Washington, D.C. Don't have any real connections in Washington, D.C. But who the hell knows, honestly? Uh, all I know is that uh, chances are the Republican Party will screw things up. That's, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. So the, uh, the, the price of buying a home right now is 52% more than renting one. You were thinking about uh, maybe you've got a home. It's very fortunate if you do have a home. Maybe you got in early. Maybe you paid it off. It's really good because you're going to not regret that. But trying to get in right now is very hard, and particularly saving that home till you retire and using it. You know, it's going to be really hard. 52% more 
to own a home than rent one right now, where else is your money? What, what else are you going to do with your money? You, you're maybe using that as a nest egg. Well, if you've got some money, some fluid cash, maybe you might consider investing it in something that has uh, always been worth something. You know, property certainly, but what about precious metals? What about calling Swiss America? They've got this wonderful book out. It's called The Secret War on Cash, and you can see the government's trying to get rid of cash. My commerce bank location just went out of business. All of the banking uh, locations are out of business here. We're seeing bank failures left and right. You think that the government doesn't want to get rid of cash, doesn't want to control your money, doesn't want to centralize the banks? Maybe you need to do something about it. Now, I want you to write down this number to get The Secret War on Cash, okay? Grab a pen real quick if you would. You can uh, put it in your phone so you can just text it right now. How about that? How about that? Uh, 800-289-2646. 800-beep-beep-beep. 289-beep-boop-beep. 2646. This is an all-out all war on cash, including digital war forms of currency. Get the secret war on cash. Get educated on precious metals in the great company, Swiss America, that is Better Business Bureau perfectly rated so again it is uh, 800-289-2646 use keyword carson you get it free or get it, go to swissamerica.com slash carson and get it free message and data rates do apply let's talk about the crooked bidens jim gossett just sent this to me this morning because uh, now jim biden's involved thirst you thought it was hunter well, now it looks like Jim is the, the next big guy. Big guy to the revenge. The trail is long. Sing it, Jim. Come on now. Of Joe Biden's dirty deal. Witness, baby. Come on. Witness for me. It isn't just Joe. No, it's not. It's his whole family. It's his homie. His broski. James can't explain <laughs> that check for two hundred grand. Two hundred thousand dollar check. He ain't honest. No, he's not. He's a lying SOB. He's Joe's brother. That is nice, man. That is nice. Yeah. They both belong. <laughs> In the same prison cell Yes, they do They're very roomy He's a felon He's Biden's brother Oh, that is just beautiful Yeah this is uh, James Comer last night on Newsmax talking about how Joe Biden, who made like $170,000 a year for years, bought a uh, bought a $3 million house with cash just a couple years ago. You know, if he if he made $2 million off his book, well, he's supposed to pay taxes oh, yeah. on 33% of that. At, at the end of the day, none of Joe Biden's assets make sense. We have the, the bank records for Jim Biden. We're almost in possession of... It almost sounds like the walls are closing in on the Bidens, just like they said they were doing to Donald Trump for, I don't know, about the last eight years. Tom Huddy, Newsmax, uh, reporter, live in the field in Israel, coming up next. Don't leave your radio.
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The Wellness Company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust, and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's twchealth slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. So uh, Biden administration officials are saying that Hamas militants may potentially try crossing the southern border. Yeah, um, I'm thinking it's already happened. I mean, honestly, uh, we have people in charge who are a danger to us. They are dangerously stupid, if not intentionally trying to bring down the country. It's uh, ridiculous the times we find ourselves in. And some person that I, a man man who I've enjoyed uh, not only anchoring on Newsmax, but also uh, in the field reporting is uh, John Huddy, Newsmax senior correspondent who is in Israel. And we welcome him on the Newsmax hotline from Israel this morning. John, thank you so much for finding the time today, my friend. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate uh, I appreciate it, and it's a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks for having now, me. Now, John, I I, I got to tell you, and um, I can't imagine what you're going through, or what Daniel Cohen's going through over there. Uh, I mean, maybe you've done this before, and all this. I I, I can't imagine going from uh, you know New York anchoring Newsmax to going to a theater of war after one of the most horrific. Scenes of barbarity in world history, and you were in a kibbutz the other day. Tell us, John, about about you. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, tell us about uh, your your time in Israel thus far and what you have seen. Sure. So I was in Nir Oz, which is one of the um, villages, the kibbutzim kibbutzes that were attacked on October seventh, um, and like. The others that we've been into, Bari, um, tomorrow uh, I'm going to be going to Kafaza. It, it was horrible um, seeing the extent of the, the destruction, but also the, the savagery of it. Um, what Hamas did, what the terrorists did, how they executed people. And then yesterday, Rob, and I'm actually I'm hearing choppers very close. I just want to say this real quick. Literally, as we're speaking... There's an operation going on about two miles south where Hamas terrorists tried to infiltrate the, the village of Zakim, which is right below where I am in, in Ashkelon. Divers tried, Hamas divers tried to get in, and a unit of, I think, eight divers tried to actually get into Zakim. And that, there's an actual operation going on as we speak. But that said, I've been into these communities seeing uh, the savagery of what was committed and then yesterday, myself and a group of other journalists and members of the press saw the, the actual raw footage 
from Hamas terrorist body cam, from, from car dash cam video, from the CCTV surveillance video from within the kibbutzim, the kibbutzes and the communities, and then some of the victims' actual cell phone video. So seeing the aftermath on the ground last week and then yesterday, seeing the raw footage, uh, it was it was very hard to watch. I've been in war zones before. I was in Ukraine. I was in Bucha among some of the first journalists to get in there. I was here in Israel and actually Gaza City for almost a month in 2014 during Operation Protective Edge. I, I lived here in the Middle East. I met my wife in Israel. I've covered the region. I've traveled through the region. But I've never seen anything like I saw in those villages and then the actual raw footage of what happened in those villages. How John. Hamas threw grenades into children's rooms. How they, I won't get too graphic, but you've, you've heard the details. You saw my report. And it's just, it's, out, it's, it's number one, outrageous. But number two, it's, it's, it's unbearable to see, but it's, it, it shows you what the IDF is dealing with. Yeah. With Hamas, how they've taken it to another level. John, they released the video yesterday. Uh, Israeli officials uh, released a video so people could see it because, uh, remarkably, uh, they've been saying to never forget the, the first Holocaust for 80 years, but the left and uh, radical Islam has tried to erase Holocaust 2.0, also known as uh, Israel's 9-11. They are effectively erasing it from history, or at least trying to. Yesterday's release yeah. of the video was an attempt to stave that off. John, I got to ask you as a fellow human being, and maybe you are conditioned to this and maybe you are used to this, but I don't know how you watch that video without PTSD. I don't know how you how you watch it. When you saw those images, what did it do to you? Well, that, that's a great question. And that's something, uh, uh, you know, I'm digesting now and I'll work out with my therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but in all seriousness, Look, a, a very close colleague of mine, um, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Jim Lechner, who, um, who I worked with in Ukraine and has done reporting for Newsmax. After what I saw in Bucha, I, I sat down with him and, and I said, you know, Jim, I'm kind of struggling with these images, man. I can't get a lot of this out of my mind. And same with back in 2014 with some of what I saw. And he told me, John, you got to let it float. It, you got to let it float downstream. You, you got to compartmentalize it, man. And, and this is something, Rob, as a journalist that I've learned in the now 20, 25 years, covering some pretty horrendous stories over my career, including the Sandy Hook shooting and, and a number of things. You have to have tunnel vision. You have to go into it knowing that, okay, you got a job to do. You got to focus on this and then process it later. But I'll be honest with you, um, and speaking from the heart, Last night was a tough night. I, I won't lie. Uh, some of the images that I saw, particularly one incredibly disturbing moment where a father in the beginning of the attack in one of the, the villages in one of the kibbutzes is running with his two young sons in his arm. They're in their boxer shorts. They've been woken up to the sound of explosions and gunfire. He races across his home. It's from the home security footage in the house. He goes into a bomb shelter right outside. The Hamas terrorist comes over throws a grenade in there and you hear it you hear the children screaming you see the father fall dead the kids come in covered in blood the one boy his eye 
looks like it was blown out. And the little, the young boy is saying, why am I alive? Why am I alive? Abba, Abba, daddy, daddy. Rob, that's really stuck with me. I mean, that's, I had it, you know, that, that's a hard thing. And I can't even imagine. Get out of your head. You know, I mean, it is for everybody, for everybody, all the journalists, there were people crying. There were people, I, I don't know if anybody got up and left because I was kind of in the, I was in the second row, but there were gasps. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I heard some people had to have medical attention after. I know I haven't confirmed that, but look, we have a job to do. We're doing the job. Uh, and imagine the people, the first responders who were there. Imagine oh my the soldiers responding. Yeah. You know, when, when you think you, you have a tough time dealing with it, I think about those and the soldiers that I saw today going to the front line and, and, and including family members of mine that are in combat that are in there, that will be among the first wave of any ground offensive. They will be in the front line. Those are the people that I'm thinking about a lot. Me, I'll process this, you know, I'll deal with it. It's hard. It's haunting. And you're absolutely right. But, Here here we are, John, in 2023. 2023, we've got journalists essentially walking into the death camps that happened 80 years ago. You're experiencing the same thing, John. You're experiencing the same inhumanity, maybe even worse. Maybe even worse. And and there's also, and, and I've said this too, and I learned this a long time ago, and I saw it in Ukraine, I'm seeing it now. There's two wars being fought. There's one with guns and bombs, and there's one with information and disinformation. And we're seeing that a lot with a lot of international media outlets. And this is a reason that the IDF released the footage, because there's been so much denial. There's been so many other media outlets saying, well, there's no confirmation that that babies were burned alive. There's no confirmation that soldiers were beheaded, if you can imagine that. And then, of course... Case in point, the hospital blast in Gaza City, immediately, most of the international media immediately condemned Israel, jumped on Israel, said, oh, it's Israel, indiscriminate bombing. As it turns out, it was an Islamic jihad, you know, misfired rocket, which is not the first one. At least 550 missed rockets that have landed in Gaza of the more than 7,000 they fired thus far. So we're seeing this information war, and the IDF made very clear um, that this is happening, and that's why they released. That's why it released the footage, so that we could see with our own eyes this is happening. They are executing men, women, and children. Rob, they're using weapons that are used in warfare that are used by armies on children. Thermobaric grenades, RPGs. They fired in the people's homes. You know, I saw it. I saw the aftermath of that. So everything you're saying, I agree. You're right. What does it do to you, John, when you walk into a child's bedroom and you see a bunk bed covered with blood? Or you walk into a bus shelter where, where the, uh, the bloody handprints of people in their last moments of their lives are smeared on the walls? How do you digest that, John? I, 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 you know, I, I just, I'm just kind of focused on, on the here and now. I'm just focused on the storytelling. I mean, look, as I'm talking to you, I got a little choked up. It's, you know, I, I don't, what, one thing yesterday I, I, I kind of realized, I started describing some of the things that I saw, and it, that was very difficult. I had to pull back on that. One, because it's hard for people to hear that, too. And I don't, I don't, I want people to, people should be shocked. They should know this happened. 
Um, and that, by the way, Hamas is still trying to do this. Literally, as we speak, as I said, there's an operation going on just south, and I'm not exaggerating, just south of us in Zakim, where, where Hamas is trying to infiltrate that area and carry out God knows what. So what does it do to me? It, it affects me, definitely. Um, it, it, it absolutely does. I wouldn't be human, right? I wouldn't have that level of humanity um, if, I, if, if it didn't affect me. How could it not? Yeah, John Huddy, uh, let me let me do this and tell the story. Dude, what you're doing is incredibly important. You've got to do this. And, and I got to tell you, for as much heat as, uh, you know, journalism takes from uh, conservative media, because most journalists are left-leaning and not truth-tellers, but you are. Uh, I can't imagine, but I thank you for what you're doing. Let me ask you this. What's going on right now in Israel? What uh, What is happening today? What have you heard as far as uh, retaliatory strikes and whatnot in Israel from uh, the, uh, the IDF? Also, the IDF, um, since Sunday, and, and keep in mind this number is fluid, but they've launched 400-plus strikes on Hamas targets. And I say it's fluid because I was in Starot, which is a city south of us, that's come under a lot of fire. I mean, we were about a mile and a half from, from about a mile from the Gaza Security Center, about a mile and a half, two miles from the actual areas they're targeting. And there was a lot of outgoing artillery fire, tank fire. Um, there were... Uh, Apache gunships circling overhead. So the IDF is actively targeting and striking Hamas infrastructure, Hamas rocket launch sites, which, by the way, they are firing from mosques. They are firing next to hospitals. They are firing next to U.N. and UNRWA facilities and schools. That's their M.O. I saw it in 2014. We're seeing it again today. So they're going after the infrastructure as they are gearing up for this ground offensive um, you know, again, the, the time frame on that, everybody's saying, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? The IDF is making it clear this war is unlike any it's fought, and they're going to do so in a very measured, cautious way. They're not going to rush into it. And there's been, you know, there's been talk about the politics and, you know, with the U.S. cautioning them. The IDF knows that it's up against an enemy that has learned from its mistakes in the past, that has increased its arsenal of rockets that has increased its its operational tactics with the help of Iran. And that's clear because they have found weapons from Iran, from North Korea, from Russia, the Soviet era RPGs that they've been using to kill people. So the IDF is well aware, along with the spider web of tunnels. And, and look, Rob, one quick point. 2014, um, They've had almost 10 years to gear up for this, Hamas has. And that's what they've been doing in that period of time with the funding, with the assistance, with the arming of Iran. Make no mistake. So when the administration says Iran isn't involved, no, Iran has always been involved. Iran has always been involved. That's a fact. Um, and so the IDF is, is trying to take out as much Hamas infrastructure and softening those targets before any major ground offensive. All right. Well, John Huddy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing, and I and I know that a lot of people feel the same way. And I just wish you Godspeed, and please, uh, you know, Thanks, be Rob. safe. Uh, and and I, w I would love to have you back on. Thanks for telling us the truth, man. I just really appreciate that. What you're doing is important. God bless you, brother. And uh, and God, uh, God bless. bless you. All right, bro. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Um, take care of yourself. Okay. I will. Thanks for having me on, Rob. You Definitely. bet. You bet. John Huddy uh, is a journalistic hero.
Um, I mean, you got you uh, you have to be committed to journalism, to truth telling, to put yourself in that kind of harm's way and witness what he has seen. He saw this, so you wouldn't have to. It's unbelievable. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. So uh, Tom Emmer has uh, won. Uh, well, I guess he's uh, he's the nominee for House Speaker. He was elected in a secret ballot. So, uh, and uh, Gateway Pundit is saying that uh, GOP lawmakers once again turn their backs on voters. Tom Ember wants to change the U.S. Constitution to eliminate the Electoral College, let the popular vote in radical left blue states choose the U.S. president. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to see. i got to learn more about uh, Tom Emmer. But if it's a secret ballot and if it's the uh, establishment GOP, again, uh, don't be surprised if you're let down. If you're let down, we will see. Uh, Byron Donalds was in the running, and uh, he dropped out. So I'm, I'm still waiting to, why, to find out why that is. But uh, Representative Tom Emmer is the guy. Yes, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, uh, Donald Trump was in, uh, in New Hampshire yesterday where he filed his official paperwork to become a candidate for president. He was, uh, he was on fire yesterday. One of the things I said about Donald Trump months ago was that this guy delivers some serious, great stand-up comedy. He not only connects with people, he not only delivers a message, he does it with humor. Ha! Huh, kind of like a radio show I know of. But I, I remember I, I, I was driving back from uh, the Black Hills or Sioux Falls, I can't remember, and I listened to Donald Trump uh, stump speech without the video. And I listened to his words and I went, damn it. He's good. That's why he's changed everything. Listen to this. This is a presidential candidate talking about an incident that had happened when he was running for president against Joe Biden where Joe Biden threatened him with physical violence. Listen to this. It's masterful. And then remember when Biden? I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. I dream of that. You know what I do with him? Oh, I dream. Yeah. I'd hit him right in that fake nose. That fake nose. Listen, listen. It had plastic lying all over the floor. But I don't want to say that. So when he says it, they say, oh, he said, remember when he was doing that? I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. You know what you do with him? You just look at him and you go like this. But Nice, nice, nice. Here is uh, Donald Trump talking about what a joke Joe Biden is. And everybody gets it, too, by the way. Crooked Joe is not feared. He's not respected. And he's regarded by our enemies as a joke. He's, they don't even believe it. When I'm president, America will be respected again like never before. Yeah, just like yeah. never. And the world will be scared of him and the United States once again. At least our enemies anywhere. This is a good one. Uh, uh, Donald Trump making fun of the fact that Joe Biden went to remedial stairs on Air Force One. They gave him little baby stairs. Next, they're going to do one of those little uh, those little uh, seated elevators they have on the stairs. There. A lot of bad reasons. Crooked Joe. Can't even walk up the children's stairs in Air Force One, you know? <laughs> Can't feed himself either. Now, doesn't that look terrible? You see a man come at you, want to see a man walk out, or a woman, walk off Air Force One. Yeah. Nice and high, wave to everybody. This guy goes through the little stairs. We call him the children's stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's made it a common practice because yeah. he can't quite make it up or down. I think he has a bigger time making it up. Usually that's it's supposed to be easier. I don't know. Let's not even think about it. Or find his way off a stage. He can't find his way off a stage. That's funny. And then, of course, uh, this will really frighten the, the Dems. This is the chant that he got in New Hampshire. 
Thank you very much. Wow. Come on. That's a big crowd. That's a big crowd. Listen to that. They want change. USA, USA. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is our number three of The Rob Carson Show. And the number is 800-922-6680. If you'd like to comment about any of the stuff we're talking about. So I guess Tom Emmer is the GOP nominee for Speaker of the House. I'm not holding my breath for anything good to come out of this. Uh, as I as I learn more, and listen, I'm like you. I'm not uh, somebody who's been to Washington, D.C. my entire life. I don't keep like a fantasy football team of uh, people who I'd like to, uh, you know, have be the speaker or whatever. But uh, but honestly, uh, uh, you know, so I don't know much about this guy. Uh, my initial reaction and what I hear from others is, hey, you know, really? Uh, duh. Probably somebody that uh, is going to uh, appeal to the uh, establishment GOP crowd and uh, basically give you the middle finger. That's kind of what I'm that's what I'm kind of getting. Because uh, we have a uniparty. I never believed that before, but uh, it should be fairly obvious. It should be fairly obvious. And I said this a long time ago, that right now we have people in Washington, D.C. who uh, uh, go to Washington, D.C. They spend their entire lives telling us how to live ours. And they essentially become members of the board of a $6.5 trillion company with more power than anyone in corporate America has ever dreamed of putting people like Hillary Clinton on the same playing field as people like Bill Gates. Even though Hillary Clinton has never invented anything, never brought anything to market, uh, or did anything actually a net positive for anything, anyone else but herself. But she suddenly becomes super-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper rich. We've, we've become an oligarchy while, while you weren't looking. I didn't know if you knew that. We were becoming an oligarchy. Here is a, a list of the uh, last six presidents what they were worth before and what they were worth after office. Here we go. Uh, Ronald Reagan went from 10.6 to 15.4. Ronald Reagan wasn't doing deals around the world and exchanging policy for bribes. Uh, He was selling books and he was a very popular president. George W. Bush was pretty rich when he got there in the first place, got a whole lot richer afterwards. Who knows? Yeah, clearly, he's got some, uh, you know, connections with the military-industrial complex with his vice president. From ten point six million to fifteen, I don't know. From four million to twenty-three million. That's like a five hundred percent increase. There you go. Bill Clinton. I think he's the record holder. When he left office, he was broke. You know how much he was? Uh, he was worth after now from one point three billion in office. $241 million. See what I mean about the oligarchy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Barack Obama went from $1.3 million to uh, $70 million. $70 million. George W. Bush went from $20 million to $40 million. And Donald Trump, the most corrupt person who's ever been in office, who clearly has used the position of president to enrich himself, he was worth $3.7 billion when he uh, went into office. 
and he's worth two point five now. Went down in uh, in value and worth by one point two billion dollars. But he's the most corrupt, right? Isn't he the most corrupt there ever has been? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. You know, we have a lot of uh, people who have infiltrated the. Uh, <clears throat> The Capitol, the White House, uh, the White House, the, the the Capitol, the government, House GOP has launched a probe into uh, Homeland Security's hiring of an ex-PLO operative. Homeland Security, one of the most corrupt agencies in government that needs to be imploded, absolutely 100%. DHS goes bye-bye when Donald Trump's the president. 1,000%. Find another job. The uh, House Homeland Security Committee has opened an investigation into how the Department of Homeland Security came to hire a woman who previously worked for a terrorist organization and espouses virulent anti-Israel views. Yeah, 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 yeah. United uh, U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services placed the employee, Nejwa Ali, on leave this week after her history was exposed, but has not answered questions about whether it knew at the time she was hired that she had worked less than two years earlier at the Palestinian Liberation Organization's office in the U.S. Well, of course they knew, you idiots. Of course they did. Mark Green... Tennessee Republican chairman of the Homeland Security Committee demanded that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas get to the bottom of Miss Ali's hiring and how she was allowed to remain on the job as an asylum officer and immigration adjudicator. Huh. Think about all the people who are coming across the southern border right now, all while attacking Israel and in recent days celebrating Hamas in social media. Mr. Green said we're, de- we're demanding answers from Secretary Mayorkas as to why Ali, who has uh, publicly espoused pro-terrorism and anti-Semitic beliefs, was allowed to maintain her role as an I- asylum officer. It's because the people in charge of the country want to bring the country down. It's not about incompetence. It's deliberate. Have you figured it out, the southern border? It's not about incompetence. It's deliberate. That's why I say we're at war right now. We are. The Daily Wire first reported last week Miss Ali's history of Palestinian activism, including her time in 2016 and 17, as public affairs officer for the PLO delegation in Washington. In recent weeks, Miss Ali took a social media to uh, to social media to make anti-Israel remarks and highlight similar comments from others. She told the Daily Wire that she did uh, did celebrate Hamas militants who invaded Israel and killed indiscriminately. Wow, that's pretty crazy. But it doesn't end there. This is Robert. This is Rob Schmidt the other night on Newsmax. I saved this from last week because uh, there are other people, including the person who was in charge of negotiating the Iran nuclear deal, who apparently seriously in bed with the mullahs. We also evidently hire anti-West extremists to help embolden and strengthen the worst countries on the planet, yeah. as Joe Biden did when he hand-selected Robert Malley to revive the disastrous Iran nuclear deal from the Obama years. Biden's hand-chosen Iran envoy is now under FBI investigation for working for the benefit of Iran while representing our country in our State Department. And now the New York Post is reporting huh. that Malley has been openly critical of Israel in the past and his family has ties, Robert Malley's family has ties to the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Yeah, we've been infiltrated, people. Duh. Does this as come as a surprise to anybody that, uh, I don't know, maybe a former president said that the Muslim call to prayer was the most beautiful sound in the history of the world and has uh, essentially given uh, Iran billions of dollars while not holding them accountable? Yeah. 
The same person who said that he wanted to fundamentally transform America. The same person who sat for years, decades in a uh, a church in Chicago that spewed anti-Semitic and anti-American hatred using black liberation philosophy as a guide. Does it surprise anybody? It shouldn't. And if it does, it's because you're not paying attention or you're just stupid. Yeah. Here's uh, Robert Schmidt. Robert Schmidt. I call him Robert Schmidt. Rob Schmidt talking about uh, Robert uh, Malley, the the infiltrator. Our State Department envoy to Iran tasked with handling our side of the negotiation is a flat-out Iran-loving terrorist sympathizer. Wow. This is like hiring an arsonist to be the fire chief in your town. Pretty much. The Post reporting that Yasser Arafat, uh-huh. longtime head of the PLO, was Robert Malley's unofficial godfather as a child. Wow. This is the person Biden put in charge of handling Iran. Yeah, you'd think normally if you're going to get a security clearance and stuff, you might have some people investigate that unless the people investigating want you in, want you into your position so you can, uh, you know, destroy the country. Uh, Ed Henry was on with Rob Schmidt last night talking about the Biden administration full of anti-Semites. Uh, when people tell you who they are, you have to believe them. You've yeah. heard that saying, and when I listened yeah. to your monologue, uh, think about that letter. At the early on in the Biden administration, over 500 Biden campaign staffers uh, and Democrat operatives signed an open letter accusing Israel of apartheid they and standing did. with the Palestinians and basically standing with Hamas. Yeah. And look inside the government, where Sebastian used to work in the National Security Council, you have the top intel aide, as Cash Patel was uh, revealing last week, who's got Palestinian sympathies uh, and is the one giving intel uh, to uh, President Biden to decide what goes to him and what doesn't and whatnot at the uh, National Security Council. There's an old photo of him that surfaced uh-huh. uh, accusing Israel again of apartheid. This is somebody inside the government. Uh, you've talked about Robert Malley, uh, Rob, yeah. uh, who was the Iranian envoy at the State Department. He's lost his security clearance. They won't tell us why. Huh. There's another Another Pentagon aide, by the way, uh, so for you go from the White House to state and then to the Pentagon, uh, who's got Iranian sympathies, allegedly gave intel to Tehran and has not lost a security clearance. Mm. This is your government. Yeah, it is. Journalist Barry Weiss, a Jewish liberal who quit the New York Times over its anti-Semitism has written, as a Democrat who has been left homeless, who is now definitely in the center, but probably leaning increasingly right, I am left yet again with an appreciation, despite the messenger of the message of the Trump administration, because what those guys did was pretty incredible in hindsight. What? So much of the work that happened in the Trump administration turns out to have been right. I thought he was an anti-Semite. That's what they said. I guess he wasn't. The guy who recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, while all the posers of history just said they were going to do it and never did, and that included both Bushes and even Ronald Reagan. Sorry. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, The work on the border wall. Uh, We didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. Um, let me see. Uh, turned out I was right. Issuing long-term debt to refinance when rates were zero. We didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. A structural piece of the Middle East. We didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. That's Donald Trump. When are we going to stop shooting ourselves in the foot or getting Hamas to shoot us in the head? If it's clear that the last two weeks have been a wake-up call, the next question is why, according to Barry Weiss. The contradictions in moral bankruptcy... Yeah, I've said that the Democrat Party was morally and intellectually bankrupt for a long time. 
of the worldview that spends years worrying about microaggressions and tone policing, but can't decide what side is on after the beheading of babies aren't exactly difficult to spot. To put it another way, when Black Lives Matter organizations are lionizing Islamic terrorists by posting a paraglider photo, you'd be a fool not to reassess things. The events of the last week have shattered the illusion that wokeness is about protecting victims and standing up for persecuted minorities. This ideology is and always has been about the one thing uh, many of us have told you about for years, power. And after the last two weeks, there can be no doubt about how these people will use any power they seize. They will seek to destroy in any way they can those who disagree. Now, on the other side of the break, Tucker Carlson's got a new, uh, a new special out. And he has uh, done something that uh, the mainstream media hasn't done. It's called research. And he has discovered the first autopsy of George Floyd. And it shows conclusively that George Floyd did not die of strangulation or neck compression. He died, he died of a drug overdose. He did. He did. Now, I'm going to give you the details on this and tie it into what's happening in Gaza after the break. Here's the number, 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680, if you would like to uh, chime in on that. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Headline, America's Pharmacy Deserts. Rite Aid, CVS, Walgreens shutting 1,500 stores due to crime and competition, leaving millions without access to their meds. That's interesting. Slew of drugstore chains slashing their locations has left millions of people living in areas where it's difficult to obtain medication. That's why the wellness company is here. That's why I got my kit yesterday. It's right over here on my counter. It's got amoxicillin. It's got Z-Pack. It's got hydroxychloroquine, among other things, all of the things that have been very hard to find, ivermectin, just in case. And if you have aspirin in your, in your medicine cabinet, you need a medicine kit. You need an emergency kit. So the wellness company has put this together. And if you want to get the kit that I have, one designed for your needs, just go to twc.health slash Carson. You'll get an additional 10% off. TWChealth.Carson. I've got my kit from anthrax to tick bites to COVIDs. Even a bioweapon, they will give you meds to counteract those things. Meds that you need that may be hard to get a hold of in case of a crisis. And in case you haven't noticed, I don't know about the last three years have been a crisis. So it's the wellness company. Again, go to it today. Learn about it. Get this kit. Get it ordered. Get it done. You've got potable water. Maybe you've got extra groceries. Maybe you've got a password for you and the kids. Maybe you are protecting yourself and you got a gun safe. You need an emergency medical kit. Here it is. TWC.health slash Carson. TWC.health slash Carson. 10% off when you use the name, my name, Carson. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. There is a great opportunity for misinformation, especially on social media. I caution you to be very careful about what you choose to believe and on what basis. The horrific scene at a hospital in Gaza today, an explosion that killed more than 500 people. 
The government in Gaza says the Israeli Defense Forces uh, struck a hospital in the center of Gaza City. An airstrike hit a Gaza City hospital, killing at least 500 people. Because of an alleged Israeli airstrike on a hospital in Gaza that Hamas health officials say killed more than 500 people. And when you're talking about 500 people, you have to wonder how many of those people are innocent civilians. That minimum, hundreds of people have been killed in what they say was an Israeli airstrike. Where a hospital was caved in killing hundreds and stranding an untold number under the concrete. By now, this in, in the, enraged uh, millions of people around the world and uh, uh, was the trigger for a, uh, uh, an AstroTurf protest that had been in the waiting for a very long time. This was the final solution trigger for the radical left and, uh, and those who want to wipe Israel off the map. That's what's happening, in case you wanted to know. This is an incremental. They are going all in this time. That's what they want to do. And so Israel has a choice, and I hope it is, to bomb Gaza into powder. Uh, you, know, uh, get rid, you know, get the innocents out that they will allow out. Most of them won't. And then, uh, and then just uh, raise the place. Because honestly, uh, it's got to be done sooner or later. You might as well do it before they have the nukes, right? Shouldn't you do it before we have the nukes? Problem is, we've got this idiot in the White House. That's the only problem. We've got an idiot in the White House. Well, he's a tool, he's a puppet, and he's, uh, you know. New York Times editorial board has admitted it, replied, it relied too heavily on claims by Hamas that Israel had bombed a hospital in Gaza killing hundreds. Well, see, the problem is they relied too heavily on Hamas! So there's that. Yeah, the New York Times did it again. AP analyzed more than two dozen videos from moments before, during, after the hospital explosion, as well as satellite imagery. AP analysis shows that the rocket that broke up in the air was fired within Palestinian territory, and the hospital explosion most likely caused when part of the rocket crashed to the ground. And the New York Times just says, well, maybe we relied too much on Hamas. Well, maybe you just carried Hamas's water for you. Here's some of the other things that New York Times got wrong. Russia collusion hoax. Hands up, don't shoot. Jesse Smollett hoax. Hoax. Covington kids hoax. Very fine people hoax. Seven-hour gap hoax. Policemen killed at mostly peaceful January the 6th protest hoax. Rittenhauer hoax. Border agents whipping illegals hoax. NASCAR news hoax. Jim Crow 2.0 hoax. MAGA assaulted Paul Pelosi hoax. COVID lab leak theory was racist hoax. Hunter Biden's laptop. Russian disinformation hoax. Joe Biden will never ban gas stoves hoax. COVID deaths are overcounted in a conspiracy theory hoax and mass graves of dead Indian children hoax. All hokey hoaxers and all a bunch of crap. And, uh, and then there's this hoax that also inspired violence around the country. The death of George Floyd. Turns out it was a lie. Here is Tucker Carlson with the details. So the case is not actually about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, but it tells you an awful lot about both of them. In her deposition, which you should read, Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, I called Dr. Baker early that morning to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the autopsy on Mr. Floyd. Sweezy recalls all this under oath in the deposition. Quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. So Tucker Carlson is saying that uh, it is now conclusively known that former police officer uh, Derek Chauvin is serving 20 years in prison, did not murder George Floyd by kneeling on his neck.
Hennepin County Prosecutor Amy Sweezy, who is in the midst of a lawsuit against her boss, alleged in her deposition that an autopsy found no complications, no indications that Floyd was murdered. Nothing whatsoever. Just like the Hamas hospital bombing. Never happened. In other words, George Floyd, according to the official autopsy, was not murdered. He died instead of what we used to call natural causes, which in his case would include decades of drug use, as well as the fatal concentration of fentanyl that was in his system on his final day. Yeah, he had a fatal dose of fentanyl in his system, and everybody knew it. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? They just bury it. Yeah, that's what they do. Uh, more details on this and an exactly perfect comparison between Gaza and uh, Chicago and Detroit coming up. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. We have a special guest on the phone uh, who always gives a fantastic and original take and an insightful take on the world events. Chrissy Clark, she is a daily collar contributor, also a Newsmax contributor, and she is on the Newsmax hotline. Chrissy, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So um, do you know anything about Tom Emmer? I mean, I just see he's from Minnesota. I, I'm not getting a, a real positive, like, America First vibe from this guy. Uh, and he also comes from Minnesota, which is generally a warning sign since it's run by the Democrat Farmers and Laborers Party, which is a hammer-and-sick organization from way back. He's a Republican, a, a Minnesota Republican. Uh, what do you know? Yeah, you know, not much in terms of what outside of what the media is being uh, reporting right now. I will say, you know, it's, it's always interesting to hear what we talk about in the media. We're like, oh, you know, maybe he's not the best Republican. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to his actual voting record, it's not anything different of people that are often champions like Matt Gates or Jim Jordan. Um, so, you know, he tends to vote pretty conservative, even if he doesn't talk like a conservative. So I like to give people a little bit more grace in terms of, you know, you, you got to win in a way that matters in your state. And Minnesota is a little bit more of a swing state. So it really matters about the voting record. And so, you know, when I actually went and did a deep dive, I was, I was really on your side at the beginning. But I, I kind of took a look at his voting record, and I, I'm on favor. I'm on board. I'm cool with it, you know? All right, all right. Well, you know what? If Chrissy Clark says it, then by God, you better listen to her. Actually, I, I, I do. I, I'm joking, of course. But honestly, I do. I do respect you as a conservative. I believe from everything that I know of you and have read of you and I and I follow you on social media and all that, that, that you know what you're talking about. So uh, you are helping to assuage the tiniest bit of fear from my <laughs> but i'm a little bit i'm a little disappointed honestly with regard to uh, byron donalds i wanted byron donalds but you know i've heard from some people who are on in the know more than i am with regard to politics that uh, they have told me that they want byron donald to keep his powder dry for bigger things because house speaker is generally what you do at the end of your career not at the beginning now that's what i'm hearing from people inside what do you think about that Right. Well, I just I feel like in the D.C. political zeitgeist and listen, I'm here in D.C. right now. I understand that when I came from Nashville to D.C., I felt a different um, significance 
placed on the role of Speaker of the House when you have conversations with people here inside the Beltway. So it very much feels like, oh, this role is very, very important to the people that live here and to the people like us that ingest this media day in and day out. But to the average person, I just think that being the governor of Florida, like Byron uh, Donalds could be, being a part of um, something that's more impactful to the day-to-day lives of the citizens, that is ultimately wielding more power in the eyes of the typical voter and your average American. So I just think that when you have somebody with a wonderful personality and just boisterous energy like Byron Donald does, why waste it on such a boring, study-duddy position like you in the house? <laughs> you, know, you, you know, actually, that does kind of make sense. Um, but, you know, I do believe that there are power players at play here. Certainly, of course, I would be remiss to think otherwise. And I believe that it's not about disqualifying uh, uh, him. I think it's about not getting him involved in this because things are planned. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's number one on my list for choice for VP with Donald Trump. So I'm kind of wondering. I'm just thinking out, thinking out loud here, Chrissy. Why would you want to be all complicated with being Speaker of the House when you got a campaign? When you got, you know, I, I didn't huh? understand anybody that was vying for this position. I was like, dude, there are so many other jobs to take in this world. Why in the world do you want this one? And yes, that is exactly it. I think unless you're Vivek Ramaswamy, if you're on that stage right now, typically you would have somebody who's running for president is essentially running for VP. But I think what we've gathered from listening to Donald Trump and his allies is that unless you are Vivek, you really don't have a shot. Even then. I don't think Vivek has a shot. I think he's looking for somebody else. I think he's looking for a Byron Donald. I think he's looking for a Carrie Lake or a Christy Noem, potentially. I just don't see that, uh, like, the typical formula working with what Donald Trump is doing right now. So I definitely agree. I think there are bigger and better things, and they are far yeah. less establishment-related for that man. Well, I I was actually uh, you know uh, generally what the uh, the left does is they make people unassailable because they always uh, uh, appoint people who are uh, who check a lot of boxes so you can't say anything about them because if you are you're racist and I thought it was it would be very funny to watch the GOP uh, attempt to uh, criticize Byron Donalds as he is about to become the first black GOP speaker of the house I thought that was kind of interesting but it, it obviously hasn't played out uh, we will see what happens but but clearly we do need uh, we do need leadership let me ask you this Chris because I, uh, I personally like Matt Gates. I'm glad that he is—he's telling the donor class to stick it. And and, uh, and I have defended Matt Gates. You may disagree, and if you do, uh, hang up because I don't want to talk to you anymore because you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> No, but but Matt Gates, he set up a, a a series of questions that Kevin McCarthy these these uh, points that he would ha- things he would have to do to re- maintain the Speaker of the House. He did none of them. It was a signed contract. He broke the contract. He was fired. I don't know why so many people their heads exploded like Brian killed me on Fox and like so many. But then I began to realize all of the people who are uh, who are uh, on the side of uh, or against you know real conservatives, and I realized that. That um, that uh, you know we're kind of being played, and and the, the people who uh, really really hated like Jim Jordan, uh, they were wrong. He was right. So I think there's a, there are a lot of people who are. Uh, uh, whenever you hear bad things about a GOP nominee, realize that you are right and they are wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, I don't know, but I don't necessarily take the exact same worldview as you. I think I would be 100% on your side if Republicans had a sweeping majority and the Senate. I think given just the realities of politics on the ground here in D.C., as we've clearly seen, Kevin McCarthy and Tom Emmer are not far away when it comes to their voting records, how they're going to appease what money called the Uniparty. I just don't see a massive difference in the two. So we went through this three weeks of making Republicans look like a bunch of airheads. They're like they can't get their stuff together. Sorry, I'm trying not to curse on live. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm like, ah, how, how, why did we do this? For, for what point? To get to the, pretty much the exact same end. So I think that if we were talking about getting real conservative policy through, I'm all in, man. I'm not going to I'm not going to assuage Matt Gates from doing that. But we did all of this and got pretty much no different of an outcome. So I just don't really appreciate your I appreciate yeah. your thoughts, but you're entirely wrong. You are completely and utterly wrong. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Makes <laughs> no, no, I just I, I'm sorry. I'm kind of in a disruptor kind of mood there, Chrissy. I wanted to see Donald Trump be the dude. Could you imagine what that would have happened? I knew it'll never happen. But could you imagine if Donald Trump, after all of the bull crap he's been through, including the election of 2020 and the last eight years, if he became the Speaker of the House, how glorious would that have been? Don't get me wrong. I'm awful for disruption. I think oh. it's funny, but I, I like disruption when it has a justifiable end and when it helps us win elections. I do not think that Republicans benefit in any large way from this sort of a disruption. But again, well, you're clearly not a you're, you're clearly not a professional wrestling fan because uh, no, that's I'm what I want. I wanted I wanted Do- Donald Trump to be tagged in and kick some butt. That's what I wanted to see, Chrissy. <laughs> I love it. So I what do you let me? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Chrissy, uh, about uh, Israel and um, you know the most horrific attack that I'm calling ten uh, seven is nine eleven. That's what my slogan is. Ten seven is nine eleven, and you've got uh, what appear to be locked and loaded uh, astroturf protests around the world, and they attempted to use as the trigger to start a worldwide caliphate once again to wipe Israel off the face of the map. They used as a trigger the lie of uh, of an uh, 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 a hospital being bombed, and then we saw these uh, these uh, protests erupting around the country. What are your thoughts on all of that, Chrissy? It is one of the most despicable acts of so-called misinformation that the media loves to talk about misinformation, and yet when they have to look at themselves in the mirror and recognize what they're doing, they failed ethically. And they we've listened to... Six years of Russian BS information or disinformation. We've listened to so much garbage talk from them. And then they are actually the ones out there sparking and stemming terrorist rallies across the world. And they, oh, all of a sudden are interested in the standards of journalism and making sure they get the story right. Be for real, okay? Be for real with yourself right now. You took Hamas's word and published it as fact. You have no sense of integrity. You have no sense of journalism. And you know what's even more scary about this, Rob, is that we have the Associated Press not only putting out this story, but then putting in their style guide that Hamas is not a terrorist organization. So you're not just talking about all the grown adults that read the Associated Press. You're talking about every high schooler and 
college student who is in a journalism program or a journalism adjacent program learning that Hamas is not considered a terrorist organization by something that is supposed to be reputable. Imagine that. Imagine being in college learning that Hamas is not a terrorist organization because the Associated Press style that that you're learning is like some sort of biblical factual truth is telling you that. It is a lie that these media organizations are shoving down the throat of kids as young and impressionable as 16 years old, and I cannot believe they're getting away with it. We see it on a macro level, but it's even more macro than most reports will even talk about. It's a, it is a remarkable time. It is a, uh, it really is, Chrissy, and I, uh, I don't know where you are spiritually, but I believe, I'm, I'm not saying this is the end of days. There are people who have been saying this is the end of days, but you know, the one thing about uh, end of the world prophecies, uh, all of them have one thing in common, Chrissy, and that is uh, they never came true. There is that. But this is biblical. This is different. However, I do believe that we are in a battle of good and evil. This may not be the end of days, but uh, certainly a battle of good and evil. That's my opinion. Many people think it is what do you think about this it's not it's not absolutely. political it's not political it's evil and good that's what it is to me anyway oh absolutely you know i've actually been to israel and palestinian territory in the west bank and i mean even going um just to give you a little bit of background i went with my college as part of our hillel i'm not jewish i'm christian and they sent a bunch of leaders conservative liberal leftist progressive they sent all of us there and every single one of us walked away knowing that Israel, A, had a right to exist, and B, was the good guy in the Middle East. There was no qualms about it. When you go and you see it for yourself, even the most progressive student on that trip realized... Hey, Chrissy, what did you see? What did you see in the Palestinian territory? I want people to hear this. I want people to hear What did you see? What are they taught? What is the percentage of people who want Israel wiped off the map? Well, it was different because we saw what what happened was propaganda. We were propagandized by the Palestinian Authority. We were taken into Ramallah, which is an area that's designed by very wealthy Palestinian investors. And it was essentially um, like a tourist hub. And we got to be there. We were spending money, or I wasn't personally, but, you know, we were all there. People were spending money. We were taking pictures. And it was very beautiful. But you would notice and look around that, there wasn't a single Palestinian there because none of them could afford to live like that because they were all holed up in terrible living situations because they voted time and time again for Mahmoud Abbas and other terrorist leadership to govern them. And it's left them poor and desolate, even though they've had plenty of opportunities to vote for stability. To vote you know, kind of, Chrissy, isn't it, isn't it kind of like what's happening in places like Chicago? Right. I mean, I mean <laughs> th- seriously, seriously, all they do in Chicago, they wait for a martyr in, in Gaza. They make them and reward their families. They that martyrs happen in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Chicago. They don't give a crap about black people killing black people. The cop kills a, a black person. Then they get the reward and they get the the tribulation and they get the uh, spray painted mural on the wall. And they're used to foment violence, just like the martyrs over there. Don't you think there's a little similarity between the Palestinian uh, authority, the the people of Palestine, the poor people, and the Democrat Party, and black people in inner cities? Do you think that's kind of similar? I see where you're coming from, but at least we have some semblance of freedom, even in gun-restricted Chicago. I mean, these people have quite literally, Rob, nothing. And yet there's this paradise, alleged paradise around them that they have little to no access to, and they spend their time. It is not just propagandizing. Hamas and the Palestinian Authority do not just 
mentally and emotionally send out propaganda via the media. They physically create propaganda. If you've ever seen the interview <laughs> with, um, I believe Dave, no, James Franco, where they go to uh, North Korea and they get propagandized physically too, and they show them fat kids and they show them um, grocery stores full of food and they say, no, in North Korea, we don't starve our people. That would never happen. And the journalists go over there and believe it. That's essentially what Ramallah stands for. Exactly. It's basically a propaganda state. Listen, Chrissy, I've got to run. We're short of time. I do always appreciate you having on the show. Where can people find you on social media? Of course, you can always find me over on uh, YouTube at The Reaction with Chrissy Clark, which we are doing live streams now. So head over there, um, and we'd love to get to know your audience as well. And if you ever need a panelist, uh, you know, I'm right here for you, girl. All right? I'll spice it up. I'll spice it up. All right, let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. I didn't get to get to this uh, UAW strike. The uh, the head of the United Auto Workers, Sean Fain, has ordered a walkout of 30,000 workers across America's big three automakers. This guy is a radical leftist, Marxist socialist. Uh, and uh, he has no clue what he is doing. He's surrounded himself by, uh, by leftists. Many union members are earning $500 a week and uh, are also increasingly concerned that Fane's war of attrition could do more harm than good. This guy uh, wears T-shirts that say, Eat the Rich. Uh, I'm going to give you more on this tomorrow, but if you're a UAW member who wants to get back to work, um, you're going to have a really bad Christmas. I'm, I wish I were uh, not kidding, or I wish I were kidding, actually. You're going to have a really bad Christmas because the person in charge is a, is a socialist, has no clue how business operates, could care less about the, the, the businesses that are keeping you paid and uh, would rather th- see them go out of business than you get paid. I'm just telling you, this is the way it is. It's just the way it is. I had mentioned Tucker Carlson uh, uh, did some research, found out that George Floyd was not killed by Derek Chauvin. He died of a drug overdose, according to an autopsy conducted after he died. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? And then he said, quote, this is the kind of case that ends career. In other words, everyone lied about it from the very beginning. Yeah, they lied about it from the very beginning to perpetuate a lie. The whole thing was a lie. uh, the, The summer of 2020 was a lie. BLM was a lie. They're radical. They're 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 tied in. They're one uh, you know one and one with uh, Hamas. Carol Swain was on Rob Schmidt's uh, show last night, and uh, she is an African American author, and she talked about um, you know uh, George Floyd and what's happening in Gaza and how uh, uh, the Democrat Party and Hamas both look for martyrs. Because uh, they use the racism narrative to make it seem like the Democrats yeah. are the only ones that are concerned about blacks and they push the martyrdom. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you see someone like George Floyd yeah. who had a very troubled, tragic life. Yep. All of a sudden he is a martyr and young people are supposed to look up to him And so the left erases all of his past and all all of his struggles that could also teach a lesson to young black people. There you go. There you go. Here's a little bit more from Carol Swain. Who can forget? Hands up. Don't shoot. That was a lie. That was a false narrative as well. Yeah. And so the left has used false narratives about police and the minority community to manipulate the public. And the people who have benefited the most financially have been 
the civil rights attorneys like mm -hmm. quote like Ben Crump, as well as the families, uh, some of the family members who get who who have gotten multi-million dollar settlements even before the trials. There you go. Just like in uh, in uh, the Gaza, if you're a martyr, your family will get all sorts of money. You get your picture in a mural up on the wall. Just like what happens when uh, white cops kill black people in inner cities and they lie about it. Let's take a break and come back. Wrap this up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Hey, if you uh, did not hear Newsmax John Huddy in Israel this morning on my show, you have to hear it and share it with those who have doubts about Gaza and the Palestinians and Hamas. Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless America. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.